Welcome to Mackie's World, the podcast. Yeah, that's Mackie. Relax and enjoy the show. Today, I have a special guest with me. Um, every time I get hungry, I am definitely running to my man's page. Uh, without further ado, my guy, uh, PDX Feast, Dylan. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm doing all right, man. Doing all right. Just, you know, trying to stay afloat. How's it going? How's you and the missus holding up during uh, this quarantine? Just staying busy, doing things that we never have time for. You know how it is. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Now, um, what I want to talk about first is definitely talk about, you know, how I always set up Mackie's World, talk about the music I'm listening to. So you're actually going to be the first guest to join me on Mackie's Music. So I do appreciate that. How's that sound? Awesome. I'm ready for it. Music is a big part of my life. Uh, and we'll dive into it more later, but definitely something that I want to incorporate into my own PDX Feast page, which, uh, like I said, we'll touch on that as we go. Yeah, we will absolutely touch on that. So um, with Mackie's music, I have to give a huge shout out to my guy, Brian Yee, a.k.a. Yeezy. <laughs> so uh, he told me about a um, about Kehlani's new album. I was like, you know what? I'm not the biggest Kehlani fan, but I'm definitely going to check it out. So um, a standout song for me that I'm playing right now on repeat is Hate the Club. Um, again, I told you guys before, for some reason, I gravitate towards breakup songs. But um, definitely a good song, definitely a catchy song. I will definitely post it on my Instagram, Mackies.world, um, so you guys can check that out with hashtag Mackies Music. Um, another song that I'm playing in my rotation pretty heavy is Lil Baby. Um, I like the song All In, uh, more up-tempo song. Um, definitely catchy, and um, honestly, Lil Baby is probably one of the best rappers right now, and it's not even close, like, it's not close at all, um, so because I have a guest with me, I'm gonna stop rambling, I want, uh, my guy Dylan to jump in, so for Mackie's music, what are you listening to right now? So I'm gonna start in chronological order with the most recent, so, uh, Future's new project dropped on Friday. Mm. Uh, top tr top track on there, Solitaires with Travis Scott. I've been a long time Travis Scott fan, uh, even before Rodeo and all of that. So I, it's it's been really enjoyable for me to see kind of how he's grown and how many more things he's been able to influence along the way, aside from just music. Absolutely. So is uh, that? Oh, so go ahead. So the next song that I uh, have really been heavy in rotation is I've been listening to a lot of Young Thug lately. I've always listened to him kind of on and off, even in the older days with the Jeffrey Project and all of that. Uh, but more recently, he has a song called Got the Guap with uh, Uzi on his newest project. Mm. Really good song, really good melody, actually good lyrics. Uh, and it's really just a banger. Windows down, sunroof open. <laughs> Honestly, you cannot go wrong with uh, Young Thug. Uh, Young Thug is also one of my favorite artists right now. Um, but man, yeah, Young Thug is super dope. Super, super dope. Definitely. Now, uh, and then my third and final, I'm going to say, uh, is kind of a one-off for me, especially. Joyner Lucas's new project, ADHD. I, I kind of stumbled across it when I was on Apple Music looking at newly released and was like, oh, I think I'm going to give this a try. Uh, the track Isis with Logic. Ooh, yeah. Been in heavy rotation multiple times a day. And honestly, I have not listened to Joyner Lucas at all before that, but he has definitely worked his way into my almost daily rotation, if not multiple times a day, like I said. 
Yeah, I cannot lie. That track is hard. Like, I'm not a Logic fan at all, but his verse on there, I was like, whoa, um, bro, you can actually rap. Like, <laughs> Yeah, he's definitely making me conform, for definitely, sure. Definitely. So are you always going for new music, or do you have, like, you know, like a 90s playlist, or do you, like, you know, 2000s, or is it always new music for you? To be honest, I listen to so much different music that it really just depends on, a, a lot of it depends on what I'm doing and w- what I'm really in the mood for. So um, people out there that really know me know I also have a, a, a huge love and passion for electronic music. Being from Chicago, that is kind of a main scene that is out there. Mm. Um, and and Chicago is a cool place because there's a lot of different kinds of music that really blows up. So the whole drill scene back in the early 2010s with Chief Keef, Lil Reese, all of them. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, you have a myriad of different EDM music festivals, always an artist coming to town every weekend, regardless of what genre you like. So uh, I would say that... Um, Really, it's just about what I'm doing and what I'm in the mood to do that kind of influences and steers what music has got me going for the day. Let's touch on that. Let's touch on you being from Chicago. Talk about your upbringing a little bit without going too deep, but give us some insights into Chicago because we always hear a lot of negative about the South Side, the South Side. But talk about where you're from exactly. Cool. Yeah, definitely. So I grew up, I was born in Evanston, uh, which is on the north side where Northwestern University is. So uh, it's a pretty nice area. It's very, very, very diverse. All different people from all different backgrounds, both economically and ethnically. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really cool because when you move to a place like Portland that differs a bit when it comes to diversity, you really realize how much that diversity shapes you even when you're too young to even realize that it's there. So I I think a big piece of Chicago is, and this kind of influences why I'm so into food is the, um, you know, different cultures and pieces of that culture being so readily available. So whether it's food or how people dress or different languages, all of that stuff is basically in your face all of the time. Again, I would say, Of course, there are areas that are less diverse than others, just Mm -hmm. like anywhere else. Mm -hmm. But as far as just like an overall melting pot, it's a great place to experience a lot of different things in not a lot of distance and really learn a lot about those who are around you. Awesome. Awesome. That sounds really cool. I definitely need to make a trip out to Chicago. Now, speaking of Chicago and your upbringing, as you know, the Jordan Doc is everywhere right now. Um, during that time, how was that like growing up in that Jordan era? Yes, I know you were like younger, so I'm not sure if you remember everything, but like talk about that, uh, for us. So I think the first thing that comes to mind, and I think we'll both chuckle with this is, uh, definitely the sneakers. (laughs) Uh, Jordans, Jordans have always been to me what they are now kind of to the mainstream pop culture side of kind of what they've turned into. Now they're more of a necessity almost than uh, something that you're just interested in. Uh, So I remember back in 2000, I went to Athlete's Foot at Golf Mill Mall with my parents. And my uncle was there too. It was for my birthday. And I got my first pair of retro Jordans. At this time, I was in third grade and it was a pair of Laney Fives. That was the original release. They didn't come out again until uh, this most recent release in 2013. But I I will remember that day for the rest of my life. I have never opened the same box without putting something on (laughs) so many times in the same day. 
until I brought those shoes home. <laughs> so aside from the Laney Fives, another throwback you mentioned was Athlete's Foot. I definitely remember that store inside, I want to say the Lloyd Center in Portland. So, man, uh, a couple of throwbacks there. So thank you for those gyms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Man, that's so crazy, Athlete's Foot. I'd <laughs> definitely bringing back some memories. <laughs> so um, let's kind of transition a little bit now to your uh, your uh, your page on Instagram, PDX Feast. But before we touch on that, um, you somewhat highlighted the, the cultures in Chicago. Um, briefly, how is the food scene in Chicago versus Portland? I would say that it is similar. There is a lot blowing up. There is a lot of people who are always involved, um, kind of getting their hands in everything. And like I said, it's because it's a little bit of a bigger city, there is a lot more to access without going to seek it. Mm. So instead of, you know, your favorite five Euro spots that are scattered around Portland, there's hundreds of Euro spots from carts to little mom and pop shops to places that are more, you know, franchisey and have kind of been passed around different families and different owners and things of that nature. Mm. But the staples of Chicago are what stand out, I would say, a lot more compared to Portland. Portland has their donuts and their coffee and things of that nature. But when it comes to why people travel to Chicago, you get a slice of pizza, you get a hot dog, you get an Italian beef. And those things you can get other places, but the way it is done there is overly specific. Mm -hmm. And I think that for years and years and years, I consider it almost to be kind of like a legend at this point. Anybody that's from there always has their favorite spot for each one of those. And, you know, probably a story that goes along with it. So I would say that that's how it differs, but both are enjoyable for their own reason. And they kind of play off of each other because a lot of stuff that Chicago has, Portland doesn't have and vice versa. So Mm. it's cool to play that game and then see the things that are also recreated here. All right. I'm going to put you on the spot real quick. You're in Portland, you know, you're going back to Chicago right when you land, what spot are you hitting? So it depends. That's a trick question for me because it depends where I'm going to go from where I'm going. If I had to pick one place for pizza when I touch down, it's GGO's Pizza. I've been eating there ever since I was a little kid. I was practically raised in there. I went there so much. They still to this day know my dad, who was also practically raised in there. Um, it's funny because one time when I walked in there, they actually knew who I was just based off how I looked because I looked so similar to my dad. So that was kind of cool. Um, you know, as I got older and started venturing out more on my own versus going to meals with my parents. Um, and then I, I'm going to throw another spot in there called Buffalo Joe's Suicide Wings. They're homemade hot sauce with jalapenos and as mm. much hot sauce as you could imagine. It is just, again, that's what I was raised on. So those Sign are definitely my two go-tos. <laughs> Sign me up now for some good wings. Um, kind of going off topic a little bit, but I do think Portland lacks a really good wing joint. Uh, I'm not going to say any, any names out there, but I mean, there's a couple wing places, but like a really like nice fried chicken with like some nice sauce. We don't have that. And I totally, you know, miss that. Cause like, you know, I'm watching triple D I'm watching, you know, um, all these other shows and they have all these spots with good wings, but Portland's just lacking that. And, and it kind of bothers me to be honest. Yeah, see, how I always describe it is that there's wings to eat in Portland. There aren't any wings that I crave in Portland. Mm, That's mm. the best way I could say it. That's real. So um, let's talk about 
PDX feasts. I've made you guys wait a little too long for that, but I had to like you know, set the foundation um, you know, for who Dylan is. So, um, when did you move to Portland, and when did you start the PDX feast page? So, I moved to Portland. Let's see. Um, I moved to Portland four years ago on April 1st. It was Easter when I got here. Uh, so I just passed my four-year anniversary of being here. Nice, nice. And then I started PDX Feast the October following that. So that would put me at fall 2016 for PDX Feast. Uh, and this coming up October, we will be at four years strong uh, since I started that page. Nice. So what possessed you to start a food page? So kind of throughout my life, I've always valued food. And I verbalized it. I like to go eat with people. I like to show people what I'm eating. Uh, so people have always kind of guided me towards, you know, you should at least show us what you're eating. And it doesn't matter if you want to make something out of it. Just show us because we're interested because we want to eat there too. Uh, so what better time to do that than when you relocate across the country and don't know anyone mm -hmm. besides your fiance at the time. Mm -hmm. And what, it really just started as like, hey, guys, this is what I'm up to. This is where we hiked today. This is the car I just bought. This is what our apartment building lives, you know, mm -hmm. kind of laying my own foundation, kind of like what you just referred to of me, not necessarily rebuilding my life out here, but really starting what my Portland life was going to be like mm -hmm. after driving all the way out here from Chicago with all of our stuff. And then the food, I would say, is the piece that really people started to catch on to. Mm -hmm. And when I first started to get invited to things, it was a great way for me to meet people and network. And then it kind of turned into something that I said, okay, wow, this is kind of serving two purposes for me. I get to do what I'm already going to be doing anyway, mm -hmm. going out to eat and documenting it for people that, you know, haven't been able to come visit or family who I talk to all the time to see kind of what I'm up to out here. And then on the flip side of that, get to know people, get to know my way around the city. Oh, cool. This restaurant wants me to, you know, come in and take some pictures or come try something. I haven't been to that part of town yet. So mm -hmm. it kind of grew into this multifaceted approach of, almost starting it by accident oh, wow. to a degree yeah because it almost seemed like to me it's like the page was initially started to almost keep in close contact with your family and friends in chicago then it kind of blew up into a bigger phenomenon is that kind of what happened exactly yeah mm -hmm. i couldn't say it any better than that it was really to just keep in touch the same way that people use facebook to you know stay in touch with relatives that are distant it's the same thing this way i just get to show you what i'm doing out here um, and really, it just caught some momentum, and I kind of ran with that. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the first, the, the, sorry, the first restaurant you posted on the PDX Feast page? So off the top of my head, I don't know what the first page I posted, or the first restaurant I posted, because it's hard for me to decipher when it became PDX Feast, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. That makes sense. Originally, I was just sharing. I wasn't working. Um, but I could tell you the first event that I went to that I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. I got invited by some close friends of mine. Uh, now some of my best friends here in Portland that you actually know, mm -hmm. Nicole and Eric, the owners of MF Tasty Food Truck and Waz Wu, who runs her, uh, own veganizer blog out here. They invited me to a, um, tasting room kind of get together social hour to try Aria Jim which is, for those of you who don't know, is in uh, Northwest. Mm. And that was something that I was like, okay, this is cool. I don't really post a lot of cocktails, but I 
you know, do enjoy cocktails from time to time. Who doesn't? And <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I figured I couldn't go wrong. And then, you know, that turned into another invite to another thing. And as I was learning my way around the city, I was also, you know, learning to navigate all sorts of different people who were also already working in a similar space that I was now becoming a part of. Totally, totally. So most people don't know that your um, your wife is a vegan, sorry, uh, vegetarian. Do you find it hard to like go places with her when she's with you? I would say that I can't think of a time that we have disagreed to the point that like, okay, fine, then I just won't bring up that restaurant again. <laughs> I think for the most part, and I think a lot of it has to do with being out here. Just because everything is readily available. You can get vegan chicken wings. You can get, you know, pretty much anything you can think of under the sun. If you do a Google search and maybe a little bit of legwork on Instagram, th there's even a, a vegan barbecue place oh, wow. <laughs> for that matter. So that good. I would say, honestly, we don't really run into that too often. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, Portland is definitely, you know made for vegans and vegetarians and people who love meat, um, which your page definitely showcases, um, which is awesome. So um, I'm putting you on the spot here today, Dylan. <laughs> what are your top three restaurants in Portland? That's, that is tough. Um, I'm going to give you my top three favorite restaurants that first come to mind because I could pick a different restaurant for every single category that That's you fair. can think of. That is fair. And that works for um, me. Go ahead. So fried chicken, I'm going to say I definitely, this is a tie between Jojo because I like smoked fried chicken, which is something that not a lot of places have. And Miss T's food truck, which is at Cartlandia for those of you that don't know, both awesome owners, both really good food and both well worth the money. And both people who came from, um, you know, just really wanting to provide the public with what they love cooking and what they think is good. So I can definitely support that. Another one of my favorites, definitely PDX sliders. Everybody who knows me here knows that I love <laughs> PDX sliders. I would eat there every day if I could, although that might not be the best idea for the long term, at least. Uh, but definitely PDX sliders. I love MF Tasty, aside from them being good friends of mine. Great food, really unique spins on really simple dishes, things that you wouldn't think to put together to kind of take a, a simple dish and kick it up a notch. Mm. Like, for example, um, a mac and cheese crunch wrap. A, you know, they do their take on a uh, McDonald's Big Mac. Things of that nature, super solid, super good. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, definitely solid choices there. Uh, so, yeah, I, I definitely, you know, agree with you on all those choices they are definitely spectacular but i must say i need to try miss t's i'm sleeping i need to go out there and just make that drive and go because you are definitely a huge um cheerleader for them so I need yeah to, i, I need love to listen. it <laughs> so um i do want to circle back to these events so um so mf tasty they take you to um, you know your first event from there do you meet a lot of connections to where you're going on events by yourself without them or how does that work? So I would say uh, I kind of have two answers to that. I would um, be invited to a lot of stuff kind of in that same circle as I met more people that they were regularly with. And then it got to the point over time, I would say within a 
couple months of that, maybe two or three months that people were just hitting me up directly. And then I would end up running into people there, Mm. which kind of further solidified, um, you know, just continuing to network in that space and really realizing what I was actually working towards. And it was really what the rest of the people that I kept running into were working towards really just sharing good content, honest content, and just trying to connect with other people who maybe don't think to put as much research into the food that we're going (laughs) to eat for every single meal of the day that I take to do. And I'm happy to do the legwork. So what do you find the most challenging about running a food page? Do you see people like DMing you, asking you, hey, do you have a review on this spot? Do you have a review on this spot? Hey, I went here. I didn't like that place. Why would you post that? Do you ever get conversations like that from people? To be honest, I don't. I mm. think that what is hardest about it is remembering that you want to put out content that you want to put out. Mm. You see a lot when new spots pop up and this person is there and these people are there that can create a lot of unnecessary pressure. And this was more so a a factor early on just because I was navigating a new space. Um, But I'm going to just go ahead and open it up and be honest. It's hard to manage that kind of pressure when you don't know which direction you should necessarily be steering anyway, because you're still trying to learn what your brand is Mm. or what you want to be known for when people scroll through your page. Um, And of course, that's an ongoing thing. It's still something to pay attention to today, but it becomes a lot easier once you establish what your forefront is when you're going into these events. There are places that reach out to me that I say I'm not interested. There are places that I completely change what their initial offer was to kind of tailor it more to me and leave it open-ended so the ball is kind of in their court. I've kind of really learned to navigate it so that it's comfortable for me and the restaurant, not just really an opportunity. And I think that with anything that you build when you're building a brand, it's important to, even though it takes time, as you work towards establishing who you are and what your name is and what it's going to look like, don't lose sight of you are the one in charge of doing that. Absolutely. Don't let other people tell you what you should do, what you shouldn't do. Really just guide the ship and, you know, ultimately it will work out the way that you do as long as you are consistent. Totally. Um, you bring up a good point because I go on your page, you know, even, okay, let's, let's take a step back. You know, let's say a consumer goes on your page and, you know, your page is pretty much known for like big, hearty, hefty meals, you know? So let's say like a salad company reaches out to you. It wouldn't seem organic and it wouldn't seem natural or even fit your page if you post salad because, your page isn't like that. So, so is that what you mean by turning down different opportunities? Yeah, and I think that you don't it one thing doesn't necessarily equal the other. So one thing that I really want to stress is that I will work with anybody, but it has to be in the right way. Mm. I'm not going to represent a lifestyle that I do not practice just for the sake of participation. Mm-hmm. I would rather not have anything to post for two weeks and keep it something that I would normally post or at least in a way I would post that even if it's in a story and not on my feed, then for me to obviously sell out to grow the list of people that I've worked with, Mm -hmm. because I've already put so much time into the brand. That is my focus, not the likes, not the amount of followers, none of that stuff. And it never will be because I don't, I do this for the enjoyment of sharing the content so that you can get excited to go eat there not you telling me how excited you are. 
Mm. I want to make more content versus see more likes. That's what it's really about for me. So for you, basically, you care about the brand image rather than, oh, I got 500 likes. Because at the end of the day, you know, if you're not being true to yourself, it's not going to sit well with you is what I'm hearing, basically. Right. That's just a number. It's no different than, uh, you know, people say that money makes them happier and all of that. It doesn't matter how much money you have. You can be happy with no money, just as happy as somebody who has $10 million. That it, It's kind of the same ideology as that for me. Being consistent and wanting to connect with people and share something with them is much different than working to show people what you were able to accomplish. Absolutely. What would you say is the most challenging part um, during COVID right now, being that a lot of restaurants are closed, but you're still producing top-notch, you know, um, content. How are you still doing that? I think not being afraid to um, reach out to restaurants and also try new things. A lot of a lot of places aren't necessarily reopening. They may not be open. You know, there's a lot that comes with having a restaurant when perfect circumstances are what we're living through. Mm -hmm. And when you really eliminate a lot of the obvious of giving people a place to hang out, giving people a place to enjoy company with their friends, that is a lot to overcome anyway. And then you add all of the financial piece in the mix, the labor piece, the resources piece, because you may not be able to get the same ingredients or offer the same menu. And you're doing all of that on the fly. So I think that being able to connect with restaurants and help them more is something that I've been not only working on kind of on the side, and I have some things hopefully going that will um, kind of provide some relief more mm. that I can share with you guys at a later time. Nice. Uh, but really just figuring out how to do that. How can I best connect amongst everything else that I have going on to help as many people or restaurants that are out there fighting in a way that's going to actually benefit them? Because again, just putting you on my story and shouting you out, that's not necessarily going to transition into anything. That just means somebody saw you. So it's really about how can I create valuable opportunity for you? Not just, again, it all goes back to look at who I worked with or look at who I got to talk to. Yeah. So aside from COVID, what is the most rewarding experience you've had um, running this PDX Feast page? I think for me, it is connecting with the people who gave up a lot to be in the position that they're in. So various food truck owners, I don't want to call anybody out and, you know, pick anybody over anybody else. Uh, but I've worked with a number of different food trucks that, you know, they used to be an ex career and one day they woke up and they decided that's not what they wanted to do. Number one, that's a big decision. Mm -hmm. Number two, it's an even bigger decision when you know you have kids and a partner and a mortgage and all of that. And to drop everything that would keep all of those things in your life more stable to really follow something you're passionate about and me be able to help you doing that and see the result, that is the result I want to see. It's not about my result. It's about helping you get to where you need to be and want to be. So That is awesome. Like I'm literally at a loss for words. That's super cool that you're willing to, you know, pretty much stick your neck out and bet on somebody's passion and their drive. That is awesome. That is really awesome. So um, transitioning the PDX feast page to more of a lifestyle page, what was that thought process? I think that I realized that there was a lot about me that I wasn't sharing, and it wasn't intentional, 
It was that I got too focused on my brand. And that's what can happen is you become so zeroed in and focused that you kind of corner off from everything else, even though you have a whole, you know, other 30 slices, as I like to say, that make you up as a person. Mm -hmm. And it really got to the point that I felt like I was not sharing content because it didn't fit, even though I was the one that defined what fits. Mm. So, and with that, anybody listening to this, if you want to make a blog and you want it to be about your favorite blue jeans tomorrow, and then next weekend you remember how much you like cars and photography, share that. It doesn't matter about the consistency. It matters about finding other people out there to connect with that also like cars and blue jeans and photography. Mm, that's beautiful. So what do you feel like you were missing out on when you weren't posting about your life? I think that since I'm relatively versed at this point of the city of Portland, where things are, what I enjoy, what I don't enjoy, there's a lot of things that I do outside of eating that I may be able to connect with people with. Like, I love getting tattooed, tat compiling my next tattoos and where I'm going to go and who I'm going to get them done by and what they're going to be is something I spend a lot of time on. It's one of my favorite activities. And again, also hindered by COVID-19, obviously, yes, at this it point. Is, unfortunately. <laughs> um, and I, yep, and I know you feel that way too, but uh, that is something that I want to share with people. It doesn't matter whether we go to the same artist or we like the same style. You can connect with somebody without needing to support them. You, you can be interested in something or think something is cool without you having to do it. And I think that that's really what I want to promote on my page is when I take the opportunity to post vegetarian stuff and things of that nature, I'm not doing it to show like, you can do this too. I'm more so doing it to show I'm just a normal human. I may eat this huge, gigantic meal, but my wife here at home eats the complete opposite thing of me. <laughs> how many of others of you out there are like that? Definitely. I like how you're always thinking about, you know, people as a whole and not just so focused on one particular thing. So like you do have that, that spirit and the aura about you. That's like, Hey, I'm willing to help somebody out. I'm willing to think about someone else's situation other than mine. So I think that's super dope. And honestly, with this lifestyle page that you're transitioning to, I'm looking forward to you showcasing that more because you definitely have a good heart and you're willing to, uh, you know, give back. So that's really awesome. Yeah. And, and it's really something that, again, I'm doing anyway. I'm really into cars. I'm really into tattoos. I know a lot about fashion. I don't collect sneakers anymore, anymore, but it's still something that I follow and something that kind of makes up who I am. So I'm excited to share it with everybody. I'm glad that it was welcomed with such open arms i was not even hoping for something <laughs> like that but it definitely makes it easier so i'm looking forward to it you mentioned sneakers you know um i try to i try to retire from sneakers but something keeps pulling me back don't uh, we all <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned that you know you don't collect anymore but you do have a plethora of pictures you know um hanging around your laptop i've seen them before do you plan on posting that just like for nostalgia reasons or purposes rather? Yeah, I think eventually I, I definitely will uh, dive in if I don't start collecting again myself. That's kind of where we walk that really tight rope. Uh, <laughs> but just in general, yeah, I, I um, just for some background for those who maybe don't know, but I collected sneakers from that pair of Laney Fives in 2000 all the way up until uh, 2016, right before I moved here. They consumed my all of my bedroom walls, floor to ceiling. 
And it was something that I really enjoyed. I, I really liked the chase of it. I really liked finding that pair from 2006 in dead stock condition with the receipt mm. and then stashing it away in the pile with the rest of them, <laughs> you know, and just looking through all of that stuff. So you mentioned sneakers, cars, tattoos. Do you have any tattoos lined up uh, once COVID's over? Yeah, I would like to. I have a couple pieces that I've been uh, looking to start. My left leg is bare completely, so I'm looking to get some uh, some sort of lighthouse scenery done on my lower left leg that'll wrap from the front of my shin back around the left side of my left leg to my calf. And other than that, I'm kind of keeping it open because I don't know what I want to start next. I have so many ideas. It's <laughs> I need to find a method to this madness. Yeah, you and me both. Um, I definitely want to finish off my leg. You know, I have that tiger tattoo, so I definitely want to get like a jungle scene around that. Um, I'm not sure who I want to do it yet, but uh, once this is over, I know for a fact I am getting a tattoo. Like It has, it has to be done. Yeah, it's definitely one of the first things. And I'm not going to be whiny about it. I know why we're staying home. I'm fully supporting that but I am excited to go back and get tattooed. Make that known. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So um, I want to end this with talking about sports. You mentioned you're from Chicago. We touched on the Jordan doc. Um, on the fly, Jordan or LeBron? Jordan, all day. I'm not a LeBron hater. I used to hate on him a lot more when I was younger and I didn't understand, but I'm still picking Jordan. Watching this Jordan doc, does it bring back memories for you? It does. And, I, you know, during the whole thing, I think I'm kind of biased just because I grew up there. I have a lot of exposure to him. I've read endlessly about him up until this point. What I did like was seeing it, not just reading about it and, you know, imagining how it looked, not just watching the highlight, but seeing the whole story of what happened that day, what happened that year, what happened five years ago that made that day in the future significant. I, I think it was really cool to not only see him lead in that way, but how he was able to connect with people. Totally. So you're saying Jordan is the best player of all time? I would say so, yeah. You know what? We will argue this another day. <laughs> <laughs> we will totally argue this another day. Um, I definitely want to bring you back on the show so we can uh, have more of a deep dive into sports. But today, I really want to highlight the fact that, you know, you are an amazing human being. You are open. You are... Know, willing to you know put your neck out there for somebody and i think it's awesome that you know pdx feed is actually expanding to a lifestyle and like i said earlier i am looking forward to what's next for you and the page definitely well thank you for having me it's a pleasure as always and uh, i definitely plan on being back and for those of you out there give my page a, a follow if you don't already it's pdx feast on instagram uh, and I also have a side project that'll kind of be uh, dwindling its way into PDX Feast called Rolling Northwest, where I'm doing some car spotting around Portland, some stuff about my own personal vehicle. And we're going to kind of grow that and see how it goes. But just keep an eye out for more food, more cars, more tattoos, and everything else that makes kind of makes me who I am. Thank you. Thank you. Definitely appreciate it. Well, that is a wrap for Mackie's World episode six typically i say the episode at the beginning but again i'm just so eager to talk to my guys talk to people that are doing amazing things so again episode six thanks for taking a trip through the mind of mackie let's get it yay